You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. I want to make a supplement to my podcast that I made on February 12th of this year about Kenny Pickett and the media. And in that podcast, just to briefly summarize, I talked about how, in particular, the local media in Pittsburgh does not like the sports fans in the area because it's only Pittsburgh and most of them aren't from here. And also the podcasters who broadcast about the Steelers, most of them don't live here and have never lived here. And there's, even though they're supporting the Steelers and talking about Steelers sports, there's an animosity sort of built in between those that think they know the Steelers better because they're insiders or podcasters or whatever they are, media of some sort, versus the ignorant fans who just, you know, get drunk on Sundays and are buffoons. That's kind of the the spin that the media puts on the fans here for the Steelers. And it gets even worse when it comes to Pitt. There's a real dislike in this town of the media towards Pitt football supporters. Now, a lot of that is because as is true with any university sport, football sport especially. I mean, just look at uh, the University of Michigan or Penn State or Oklahoma or any of those schools that are any of those areas, Ohio State, where they don't really have good pro teams or any pro teams in the area. And college football has become their number one sport. People that graduate from school or people just in the area are fanatical about those teams. But for some reason, probably winning those areas that I named, they're allowed to be fanatical and their fan base is lauded and there's a power behind the fan base. Where in Pittsburgh, this is a pro sports town. And because the Steelers have always been either great or pretty damn good all of my life, you know, since they won the four Super Bowls in the 70s, I mean, they've had a, they had a little patch in the 80s where they weren't very good. Other than that, they've been extremely relevant and pretty good for a long, long time and one of the most winningest franchise in history of the NFL. And the NFL is, is the king of all sports. Uh, you're not going to have a real – you're going to have a hard time being in a, a college town in this city even in NCAA football, which is the king of college sports. And that's especially going to be true when Pitt has fallen into mediocrity, which they really did in the 80s and have never come out of. So it's been about 40 years of mediocre Pitt football. So their fans are treated like fools, not only because they're not winning, like in the areas of Ohio State, Penn State, you know, University of Michigan, but because they're in a pro town and the competition is stark uh, against a very winning pro NFL team, which is not true in any of those other areas. So, like Oklahoma, who's their pro team out there? Anyway, um, so what you have is, for all of those reasons, a lot of contempt from the local media for Kenny Pickett because the fans were supporting him to some degree. And the Pitt fans, of course, were supporting him to a greater degree. And so there, are, there is already building contempt from all the Steelers media, whether it be people that don't live here, people that make their podcasts in New Jersey or Maryland or wherever, uh, and people that Vegas or people who live here. There was built in kind of just, we're going to take Pickett down two or three notches from probably where he belongs just because we don't believe the hype we're being fed by our readers, our supporters, our listeners. 
I mean, the very people paying these fuckos salaries are the ones they were discounting. Precisely because they were, A, the dumb fans of Pittsburgh, and B, even worse, a lot of them were dumb Pitt fans. So the arrogance took over, and what you got from all of the media, all of the writers, was an inability to honestly and objectively talk about Kenny Pickett and his qualities. And I felt that I was in a unique position as an outsider, as a Pitt fan, but someone who really hasn't – I don't go fanatical for Pitt football uh, because I'm not a big fanatical college football fan, first and foremost. I I prefer college basketball, but also because – you know, they, they got to win to catch my attention and they're not that big at winning. So, but I, and I watched, I do give them a chance every year and then they start to fall apart and then I tune them out sort of. But I watched carefully this past season because they were supposed to be good and I knew that it was a year that could be Pat Narduzzi's last if he didn't make it, if he didn't do something good with this team, especially with Kenny Pickett returning for a fifth year, uh, you know, that, that he was potentially going to be fired so I was I knew the drama and the import behind this season so I watched it very carefully and I came away again not as a dumb Pittsburgh sports fan that they like to label Pittsburgh sports fans not as a lunatic over the top totally biased Pitt fan I came away in my opinion as a pretty objective sports fan thinking Kenny Pickett was absolutely really good and absolutely going to be a star in the NFL and absolutely should be someone the Steelers covet. And guess what? Turns out I was right. They did covet him. And all the media locally here and all the podcasters that broadcast about the Steelers were wrong. They told us all for months that the Steelers love Malik Willis. They told us all for months that the Steelers might even go and maybe should even go for Desmond Ritter after Malik Willis. And they, they pick it, began to drop down the, the draft pick charts and the mock drafts of everyone here locally as, as we got closer and closer to draft day. To the point where we had someone like Jerry Dulac, an old fogey reporter for the Post-Gazette, Steelers insider, put that in quotes, often asserts to people like Stan Saverin on the radio that he knows what the Steelers are going to do. And he asserted Take it to the bank, he said. The Steelers will not draft a quarterback in the first round. Well, now that they have, what do you think Jerry Dulac's writing about the draft? He's grading it a C. And he says, pick it's a C. And the reason he gives it a C is he says, or maybe even gave it a B. Okay, maybe I'd have to go back and look. But the, he takes it down big time. And the reason he takes it down is he says, Steelers had a needed defensive line. They had a bad run defense. They didn't need to go quarterback. Well, they'd have a quarterback. Mitch Trubisky stinks. What's he talking about? Anyway, what he was really talking about, of course, was he told us all they won't be taking one, that they didn't want one, and he, they did, and he was wrong. So either he has no inside information, he just makes it up based on his ego, or his insider lied to him, or his insider's not connected. Anyway, you look at it, Jerry Dulac should retire. Ed Bouchette's retiring. Jerry Dulac needs to retire. It's his time as well. Um, Ed Bouchette actually says if the pickets there, the Steelers should take him. So actually, you kind of think Ed Bouchette should not retire, but but Jerry Dulac should. Anyway, uh, he won't admit that he was wrong. He won't say, they know more than me. They do need a quarterback. Ben retired. They need to get the next young stud. Trubisky's not young, and he's older than, than Pickett. 
but mostly he's already been tried and failed. And, um, you know, there's a chance he could take on with another team. But if you really look at it, how many of these hot stud number one picks? Mitch Trubisky was the second overall pick. Pickett was picked 20th in the first round. Mitch Trubisky was picked second by the Chicago Bears. How many people do you know that were drafted, especially in the top five, who bomb out, and then when they go to another team, they become superstars, the star they were supposed to be? Let me count. Let me see. One, two, three, zero. There's zero people that have done that. But what you do see is a lot of guys like Ryan Leaf, et cetera, get drafted up real high like that, bomb out, get picked up elsewhere, and just don't even get a chance to start again because they're so fucking bad. I mean, and all you have to think about there is the guy we picked up from Washington who, you know, God rest his soul, uh, tried to wave down a truck on a, on a moving highway. I don't know why. But, I mean, uh, uh, Wayne, Dwayne Haskins, he was 15th overall picked by Washington Redskins, bombed out there. We picked him up. We wanted to give him a chance to, to, to at least be the backup, but he just he choked and stunk in the, in the preseason whenever we gave him that chance, and he was slipping down the charts. He really was. And so the guy just didn't have it, you know? I mean, it, it, some people just don't have it. They have all the tools, but you draft them, and they just can't put it together in the NFL framework. And that's Trubisky. And the, and the number one thing people aren't mentioning about Mitch Trubisky is the big slight on him is he can't throw the ball downfield. He can't and won't throw the deep pass with any accuracy. He's a dink and dunk scramble quarterback. Who the hell wants that? Okay, he moves better than Ben, but we just saw that for two years. And it didn't do well by us. We saw a lot of RPO action, run pass option, over and over and over again. Dink, dink, dunk, dunk. You know, and, and, and it just, you don't win that way in the NFL. You need to be able to throw the ball downfield. You need to be able to throw the middle of the field. You need to be able to stay stay in the pocket sometimes, move around in the pocket, step up in the pocket, but stay in the pocket and find the open man and make the throw. That's just a fact. That's NFL quarterback play 101. And that's what Trubisky can't do. So why does everybody think he's going to come in? Let's give Trubisky a chance. Why? He was given a chance, and the whole reason he failed was precisely for the reason all NFL quarterbacks that don't really make it as starters fail, is they can't stay in the pocket and make the throws and read the progressions and find the open man and deal with the pressure. And that's something Pickett did really well last year. He had his problems with it over the course of his career, Pitt, but he certainly improved. And I feel like there's an excellent chance he'll, he'll be better at that than Trubisky and will be better at making the downfield throw. Also, Mason Rudolph doesn't handle pressure well. He moves the wrong direction, scrambles when he doesn't have to. That's his biggest failing at quarterback. He makes the deep throw well when he makes it. Probably would make it the better of the three, but he just doesn't handle pocket pressure well, doesn't move well in the pocket, and he doesn't run well, really, either. So... Pickett's got it all over both of those guys, in my opinion, from what I've seen from him playing in a pro-style offense under Mark Whipple at Pitt. That's what he did. And now he's going to come under greater pressure, especially with our offensive line. I don't think we put enough into it. I really don't. I don't like like our tackles, but whatever. Um, So he could look bad. And it could could end up where they're going to have to go with a short passing game with him to prevent him from getting sacked all the time. I don't know. We'll see. Like I said in my February 12th podcast, my one concern with Pickett is his injury possibility. He seems to lean a little bit towards being fragile and injury prone. And 
that could be a problem. We could see him turn into a James Conner, which is someone who looks great when he's healthy and playing, but isn't playing enough because he's injured a lot. So that's what could be. It uh, could end up being the, 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 one, the one down point about Kenny Pickett's career. It could be that. The other thing is I want to remind everyone that Ben Roethlisberger, after his first year or two, started to really suck, had a couple really bad years, uh, including one where we won the Super Bowl, too, by the way, in 2005 or six, where he had a terrible year. So you have to remember, maybe it was the 2000, the Arizona Super Bowl, I think that year, he had a terrible year. Um, so you have to realize even superstars, even when you see them, you're like, wow, that guy has it. They're going to have downtimes. They're going to have full seasons where they don't look very good. You can't just bail on a, a quarterback right away. Everybody has issues at different times. You know, uh, look at uh, Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, he opened up. Had a great year, looked like a rookie superstar. Then he had a terrible year in the strike-shortened year. Then he had another great year last year. Now he's having a terrible year so far this year. You know, But he's clearly a talented player, clearly a star. McCutcheon, same thing. If you look through the years, Andrew McCutcheon with the Pirates, it's just all-stars. They're going to have down times. I mean, uh, Bryce Harper, everyone was hyping him. Then he had a very mediocre year. Then he, then he became the player everyone thought he was. Um, so let's not judge... Can he pick it too fast and too harshly? You know, let's let's give him room to grow and change. However, what I think we can judge right away is when he gets in there, how he looks. That's what we saw in Ben. You can tell if a player has it right away. I don't think you watch a player and say, oh, uh oh, he's in way over his head and you still give him chances. That's why I, I'm not I, hadn't, I do not believe that Mason Rudolph is finished at all. And I was willing to give him really a full season even. But I'm pretty sure, I would say I'm 70% sure he doesn't have it. That's the way I feel about him. I'm even more sure on Trubisky. I'm 85% sure because I watched him play a lot over the years, and I heard and read all about him. And and coming into us now, I read about his weakness, about the dink and dunk, can't throw it downfield, and that's all I needed to hear. And I, I just believe it. So whatever, I, I, you know, put a Steeler uniform on him, see what he looks like. Okay, he could be different. I'm open-minded, but I, I believe Pickett should be the starter on day one. And I think he will be because I think he's just the best. And I think he'll look the best uh, in practice and in preseason games. I think he will because I think he is just the best. He's the best and he's going to look it. But these media people, the follow-up was just to say uh, the ones that supported him, which there was really only one locally, Andrew Filipponi, he, of course, has gone off his rocker with excitement. And it's fun to watch. Um, But... Most of that is just, well, not most, but a lot of that is just him happy that he was right in the face of everybody telling him he was a loony. Uh, and I feel some of that. I feel some sense of, hey, I was right. But more so, I'm happy they were wrong. I'm not happy I was right. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm not touting how smart I am. I just wanted to believe that I wasn't crazy. I have things that I just accept as reality in life. And Generally, my view of, of the ground level sort of just reality jives with the majority of people. I don't have too many problems in my lifetime where I'm, am I delusional? What's wrong? Nobody seems to agree with what I think in this particular important way. Certainly in other areas, yes, I can vary in all kinds. There's so much subject matter in life, right? We're going to differ from our neighbor in one way or another. But I'm talking about just kind of base things, base beliefs. Right versus wrong, you know, truth versus falsity. I mean, Donald Trump really threw me for a loop to believe that that many people out there 
were that off their rockers when it came to such important issues. But in the end, he was thrown out, and uh, the majority agrees. And so I felt, yes, there are a lot of crazy people out there that don't care about morality or justice or truth. They just want to get what they want, and that's sad. But the majority of people understand the difference, and I'm not wrong in that regard. And that made me feel good, that, that I was very scared for our country and for humanity. But throwing Trump out makes me feel like, okay, good, good. Sanity is restored. You know, truth matters. And um, it's not about my side versus your side if one side is lying or one side's just bad. So same thing with Pickett. It's not my side winning. It's not that I'm happy I was right. It's just that I trust my judgment in watching football players and deciding if they're good or not. And it doesn't matter whose sweater they're wearing. I don't care which team they play for. I pride myself on being objective. I'm very much a homer for my team on Sundays and any team I support. But when it comes to assessing talent, I pride myself on being objective. I really don't, I don't suddenly put on blinders and start criticizing and putting down people who are good. It's which reminds me of a little story. I had a friend through high school and in, in college days who was very much into women and trying to dress sharp and look good for women and getting women. And I was never like, I was into women, sure, but I was never into dressing sharp or he was all into the shoes that he wore. He wore tons of different kinds of shoes. I didn't care about my shoes. You know, I, I just looked at it. I wanted to look a decent look for me, but I didn't want to be fashionable. I didn't care about my haircut being stylish. To me, it was just about look decent for me, you know, so that I look okay in my opinion. And then I thought some woman would agree eventually. <laughs> uh, and then I liked the women I liked. And But this guy was really into how he styled himself and looked. And as it turned out, we went out together to a concert once. And there were some guys, and I looked at them, and this one guy that these girls that we have been talking to uh, at this concert were also talking to this one guy. And I made some comment to my friend, like, that he was a pretty good-looking guy or that, oh, he looks, he looks kind of sharp or something. It might be competition there or something you know, positive about this guy. Because objectively, that's how I saw him. You know, I just saw him and thought, oh, that's a pretty decent-looking guy. We could be in for some trouble now. These girls moved over to talking to him. If we're going to get anywhere with these girls, you know, could be in trouble. And he just looked and just said, I don't think he's good looking at all. He has this and he has that. And he started taking them apart. And I realized that he was so competitive, my friend, that he wouldn't even acknowledge the obvious objective truth. And he would spin it in some way that where the truth wasn't reality uh, so that it benefited him. And I saw that, and I'm like, okay. And I thought in that brief moment, and I've, I've been proven right in this, sadly. I thought in that moment, I wonder if that's why the women like my friend and why I have less luck with women than he does. I wonder if it's about this cutthroat, cock-blocking cockiness and this refusal to admit anything positive about another guy. I wonder if women like that, and that's a turn-on, and that's why they go for him. And as I said, that was many years ago. And as years have gone on, that's exactly true. That's exactly true. So <laughs> if you're a male listening to this, understand that the best way to get women is to think like my friend and just cock block and cut down every other guy as much as possible. Not necessarily to their face, but in your own mind. It's about how you build up yourself and what you project. And you have to be the cockiest, most competitive, most cock blocking motherfucker in the world if you really want to get anywhere with women. But anyway, I digress. The bottom line is... 
he didn't see it objectively because he's into what he wants and who he is and he's into himself first. And I pride myself on not being that way. And I don't want to be that way. Like I said, you have to be that way to get women. I'm single, okay? (laughs) I've been mostly single since my divorce, which is over 20 years ago now. So yeah, you need need to be that way, but I don't want to be that way. I, I don't believe in being that way. I objectively reject to being that way. I believe that you should see the truth and be honest and accept reality at all times as much as possible. So about sports, I feel that way too. And I believe that I have a good objective view of players and whether or not they're good or not. And I had an objective, in my opinion, strong feeling that Kenny Pickett is highly talented and is going to be a star in the NFL. And so I was offended that all these local media would dismiss my thoughts. and warned They didn't even want to talk about Kenny Pickett. They didn't want to talk to any fan who wanted to talk about Kenny Pickett. Because right away you start out with zero credibility in their minds because you're a local Pittsburgh sports fan. <clears throat> so of course you liked Pickett because he's a local kid. Well, he wasn't. He's from New Jersey. He's not a local kid. He played locally at Pitt. Big whoop. That's it. No, no. The reason I objectively thought he was so good is because I watched him because he played at Pitt. I saw him because he played at Pitt, and I watch Pitt. <clears throat> but that did not affect my judgment. I'm not a homer. I do not. I like to see when Pitt players are drafted. I do. I like to see them do well in the NFL. I do. But I am not a big proponent for them, and I don't push the Steelers to get them unless I think they're really good. I was excited they drafted James Conner. I thought he was going to be really good in the NFL. When they picked him in the third round as their second, third-round pick, I was real happy. I had people like Adam Crowley on the radio mock me for for even suggesting they were going to pick him. Then they turned around and picked him, and his mind was blown because he was busy making fun of the Pitt fan, suggesting the Steelers were going to overdraft Connor in the third round. When he was wrong, he looked like an idiot, but he didn't admit it. He never apologized or, or took a step back and said, well, I have to rethink things. No. Meanwhile, Connor made the Pro Bowl his first year. Yes, he was injury prone, but then he just got signed to a big contract with Arizona because he scored, what was it, 12 touchdowns for them last year? Something like that. A lot of touchdowns. So maybe Ray McLaughlin, this guy here, was right about Connor watching objectively. He's going to be good in the NFL. Huh? Maybe he's pretty good in the NFL. He's had some health issues, but other than that, I think he's pretty good NFL running back, don't you? I think the million dollar, millions of dollars that he signed for, $14 million or whatever it was just recently, proves it. I think he's he's got some guaranteed dollars now, and uh, good for him. Um, and I feel the same way about Kenny Pickett, and I haven't said that about any pick quarterback over the years since Dan Marino. And yes, I felt the Steelers should have taken Dan Marino. Is Kenny Pickett as good as Dan Marino? I don't know. I don't know. He's different, no question. But I'm not going to say he's not as good as Dan Marino. I'm not going to say he may end up winning a Super Bowl. Dan Marino didn't. You know, I I don't know. Kenny Pickett looks like a very good quarterback to me. He's more mobile than Dan Marino. He doesn't have as strong as an arm as Dan Marino. He doesn't have the quick release of Dan Marino. But he's pretty damn good at finding the open man. He's pretty good at movement, which you need in the NFL these days. And he can run. And Dan Marino couldn't do any of those things. So I don't know. All I know is, objectively, I felt the Steelers would do really well to get him if they could. That I wish, 
you know, I was so glad Ben was leaving so that maybe that would give him the impetus to try to move up and get Kenny Pickett. As it turns out, they didn't have to move up. They stood pat because of all the negativity this year and the media generally talking down the quarterbacks. We got the, our pick of the litter, and we took the best guy. We took the guy we should have. And what do you know? The local media, some of them are falling in line. Like if you've got Matt Williams and Dale Lawley, or Matt Williamson and Dale Lawley doing the drive on the Steelers Nation Radio, Lawley always falls in line with what the Steelers do. Williamson, and now Williamson was adamantly against Kenny Pickett, very pro Willis, even pro other guys before Kenny Pickett. Um, and Lawley was kind of going along with him. But he really, as he said today, I really honestly didn't think Pickett would be there. So that's really what it came down to for a lot of these guys. They thought, well, I'll just not talk about it because I don't want to upset the local sports fan base, which I don't really respect, but why get into fights with them? Let's just avoid even talking about Pickett. Let's just talk about Willis and every other quarterback because he's not going to be there. So it's not even – it's a mood issue. Well, guess what? He was there. Not only was he there, but the Steelers got to tell every one of these Nudniks, hey, you were wrong. You were wrong. We could have taken Willis. We didn't want him. We could have taken Desmond Ritter. We didn't want him. We wanted Kenny Pickett. When you said the Steelers want Willis, the Steelers are in love with Willis, the Steelers might trade up for Willis, you were wrong, Alex Kazora. You were dead wrong. Dave, whatever, fuck, on, on, on Steelers Depot. You were wrong. Admit it. Admit it and say, wow, we undervalued Pickett. Now, they won't. They'll say, we're not going to say we're wrong. Steelers are wrong. Uh-huh. They're wrong with their number one pick on a quarterback. They're reaching. Alex Kazora wrote, they picked him out of comfort. He used the word comfort. That is beyond insulting. That's disgusting. Now, if he meant to say, if he mistakenly wrote the word comfort, but he meant to say they're familiar with him because they saw him, and therefore that means they know him better than anyone. So they picked the best quarterback because they knew him as the best because they saw a lot of him. Yeah, then guess what you're saying when you say that? You're saying the same thing I'm saying about Pittsburgh sports fans. We were telling you he was the best because we saw him. We saw him because we watched Pitt football. Our judgment was more valid than you because you didn't watch all of him all season. You pulled some tape out here and there and watched it, and you didn't see him in the context of the game, which is very important. It's like watching scenes from a movie out of context. You need to watch a quarterback in the context of a game, understand the mood and the ebbs and flows, because there are a lot of them during the course of a football game. And the moment when that quarterback comes on and turns the game around is a big moment, and it shows a lot about his character and his ability. And Pickett had a lot of those moments last year. You could see that he's a winner and that he knows how to put a team on his back and make big plays, especially in that Clemson game, which everyone watched, but also in the Wake Forest game, in the biggest games of the year. And I have no doubt that if, the, if he had played in that Michigan State Bowl game, Pitt would have won it, no question. So... Don't, te- don't try to say comfort was the reason, Alex Kazora, that the Steelers picked him. Comfort, that implies like, yeah, they just took the guy they were most comfortable with, but not necessarily the best, just the guy they, they felt safest. That's a bullshit take. No, they took the – Kevin Colbert said in the press conference they gave right after the first round, he said it like two or three times, he's the best. He's the best of the group. That's why we took him, because he's the best. He said that. 
So now don't turn around and write that he, they took him because they were comfortable with him. No, they took him because he's better than the guy you said was the best. You said Willis was the best. The Steelers disagree with you. The Steelers clearly believe the picket is the best, not because they are comforted into thinking that wrong thought. No, they took him as the best because they believe he's the best and they believe you're wrong. So you're either going to admit I was wrong about what the Steelers thought, which is what he should do. Look, they all should admit Dave Bryan on Steelers Depot and anyone who said, in their opinion, the Steelers want Willis. They need to at least admit they're wrong there. I was wrong. The Steelers didn't want Willis. Clearly, they made that clear. We were very wrong in our assumption with no proof that the Steelers preferred Willis to Pickett or Willis to everybody. And that's the thing I said on Twitter and I try to get across in that podcast on February 12th, almost three months ago, too, which is. These people were saying the Steelers wanted Willis over Pickett, and they never offered any proof of any kind for that assumption. Tell us why. Well, because they went to his pro day. They went to Pickett's pro day. Well, because they, they, they went to dinner with him. They went to dinner with Pickett. Well, because they smiled and chuckled and laughed when they talked to him. They did that a lot more with Pickett over the years. Well, because he's black and Tomlin's black. Well, I don't know. Colbert's white. Rooney's white. Pickett's white. I don't know. There's other guys that are in that room. And do you really think that Tomlin's a racist like that? Do you really think he's picking based on race? Come out and say that if that's what you think. I mean, honestly, they gave no rationale for why the Steelers were going to take Willis over Pickett. None. And everything they said would equally applied to Pickett. But they just discounted Pickett like, yeah, but he was in the backyard. This is the funny part. Okay, especially with Alex Kazora, that punk kid. I mean, that kid, he needs knocked down three, four, ten pegs. That kid is over the top. Okay, everybody loves him because he is good with stats. And But then he, when, you, when he's wrong, he's an asshole. When he ends up being wrong, he never admits it. And he says, I always admit it. I'm always humble. He's lying. He never admits it. Okay. And he was dead wrong about Willis over Pickett. He was dead wrong about, he started to downgrade Pickett like crazy. Well, the Steelers weren't. And you were wrong in that regard. That's the part you have to admit. He thought he was speaking for the Steelers. He became so arrogant, as he always does, in his opinions and his knowledge of the film and studying the film that he begins to believe delusionally with ego that his thoughts are the Steelers' thoughts. And when he asserts them, he believes he's asserting on behalf of the Steelers because he thinks, like the Steelers, he's super smart and knows the tape. And he thinks we're all dumb and don't know any of that. So when he ends up being wrong, what does that say? That says two big things. Number one, don't ever believe your opinion when you look at this stuff is the Steelers' opinion because you don't know. And number two, maybe you don't watch the tape as good as you think. And maybe us dumb fans, actually, even if we don't watch the tape, know more than you because maybe we're smarter and better and objectively analyzing football than you just because you do it for a living. Maybe you're a little too dorky at it. Maybe you call yourself a nerd all the time. Maybe it's a drawback. Maybe you're too busy studying stats and all of that to really watch and just see what's obvious to the human eyes of more intelligent, more educated people than you and people who have been watching football twice as long as you have in your entire life. Maybe that has more validity than stats and analytics and just because you watch the All-22. What about that? Because I was right about the Steelers, see? I said Pickett was the best quarterback in the draft. Objectively, that was my opinion. And I said the Steelers are going to agree with that. And I said, and they want Pickett, and they're going to go get Pickett. That's what I said. So I'm right. So does that mean I just got lucky that Alex Kazor is better than me because he's 24 and watches tape? Or does it mean that maybe, maybe, just maybe, I'm smarter about football than Alex Kazora, but he'll never admit it in a million years, and he'll never admit he's wrong. He will never admit that he was wrong about the Steelers. He doesn't have to admit he's wrong about his own opinion. Look, if it was just his objective opinion, then Willis was better, fine. 
If it was just his objective opinion that they, they that the Steelers should want Willis over Pickett, that's fine. But that's not what this kid was saying at all. He was going on Stan Savern's radio show and everywhere else that he talks on Twitter and everything else, and he was asserting the Steelers want Willis, and he was asserting that they're going to get him. Then he was also saying, and if he's not there, he predicted his final mock draft prediction was that they would take Desmond Ritter. Now, did he say, because I don't think Pickett will be there? No, and if he did, he tagged it on like last second. No, he really thought, I don't think Willis will be there. I don't think they're going to trade up and give up draft capital for the guy they really want, Willis, and I don't think he'll be there. So I think they'll take the guy who I believe is second on their list, Ritter. And he just dismissed Pickett again and didn't even bring it up. And the reality is none of that happened. Willis was picked third. Ritter was picked before Willis, both of them in the third round. And Pickett is the only guy that was picked in the first round. And Pickett was picked way in advance of the other two guys who were picked in the third round. And Willis was picked third. So that's what we're left with. That's the reality. That's the truth. And I'm not here to say I was right. What I'm here to say is I was sane. Because what I said is my objective world will be rocked if I'm not right on this idea that the Steelers would prefer Pickett. That's all. I'm just like, look, I don't understand why they wouldn't prefer Pickett. All this talk that I'm hearing, I'm not hearing any good explanation for why they would put anyone above Pickett. I wasn't hearing it. And it's because it wasn't true. So what I would like to see is Jerry Dulac and all these other people saying I was wrong because they were. They were wrong. Not about their opinion, but about what they thought, what they told us. Not what they thought, what they demanded, what they insisted the Steelers were going to do. They were wrong. And they're not admitting it. They will never admit it. They will never say, I was wrong. And that's what they need to say. And they won't say it. So, at the end of the day, uh, what is the end story? The end story is, you know, when Pickett starts winning, and he will, when he starts looking great, will these guys support him? You bet. They'll all turn. They'll be huge supporters. They'll love him all of a sudden. But the moment he gets injured, the moment he has a downtime, they'll pile on him too. Because these guys... Have a, have a bone to pick on this whole issue. I mean, the guy that runs uh, behind a steel curtain website who lives in, I don't know, somewhere like Maryland or something, um, they, he played a live broadcast on Friday of all their guys sitting around watching the first-round pick, and he literally was saying, don't take Pickett, don't take Pickett, oh, no, no, uh he, he was anti-Pickett, literally. Now, what he says after the fact was that was just because he didn't want to deal with the fans. What does that mean? He means the fans telling him, shove it up your ass for telling us the Steelers didn't want Pickett. We here in Pittsburgh knew that we wanted him. We here in Pittsburgh knew he was good. You don't live here. You don't even know how good he is. Don't sit in far away and tell us running a Steelers website that you know more about what the Steelers want than us. We know what they want, and we were right. Well, so what? That's not what he was really talking about. What he was really talking about, I don't want to be wrong. What he really was praying against Pickett was not because of the fans. It was because he went out on a limb and he didn't want to be wrong. And he still hasn't admitted he was wrong. Instead, he's unhappy with the pick. Instead, he's just coming around to the pick. He's still depressed by the pick. He's claiming other people aren't behind the pick. He's claiming most people don't really know if it was the right pick. He's trying to support his own delusion and his own negativity and his own anti-Pittsburgh people because he doesn't even fucking live here as he runs a Steelers website. He's trying to support all that, and he's failing because he's just wrong. So one day, hopefully, he'll just quit this job 
or he'll get bumped out and someone else will take over the website because he's just wrong. And uh, I think his name's Kevin Smith. Or, no, no, not Kevin Smith. I like him. I think he's on there. Uh, I forget this guy's name. I don't even care. But he runs. He's the head guy on behind the Steel Curtain website. Don't like him. Don't listen to him because he's wrong and he won't admit it. And that's the number one thing. Just admit when you're wrong, people. That's all. And that's what I think Kenny Pickett taught us all. That we live in a world, especially the sport, especially with men. We live in a male world where men are fuck-ups and wrong half the time. And they never have the humility to admit it. And it's tragic. And it's sad. But, hey, who cares? Steelers got their man. They got Kenny Pickett. I'm happy. I'm glad they got him. I believe he's going to be a winner. I think they have their new franchise quarterback. And here we go, Steelers. Here we go. I love you. Yabba da boop